Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Welcome back to Cherry Avenue True Crime Podcast and Happy Halloween. This is the annual Halloween special with a couple of bite-sized frights for you. True stories, of course. The Curse of a Witch, 1692 Salem. Giles Corey was not a good person, or so it seems. He beat his farmhand, an indentured servant, so badly that he later died of the injuries. He was rumored to have burned a neighbor's barn down, and when the hysteria of the Salem witch trials were going on, his wife Martha was accused of being a witch. When Giles testified, he ended up implicating her by saying that their ox had gotten sick all of a sudden and their pet cat had been acting weird. Also, he said she was kneeling by their fire at night. Giles Corey was then accused of being a witch himself. He was 80 years old at this time. During his trial, a bunch of people in the courtroom were supposedly put under a spell by him, and they were feeling faint, and they felt something pinching them. Giles Corey's sentence was that he be smushed to death. This was actually more of a torture device rather than a sentence because Giles Corey refused to continue with his trial. They laid a board on top of him and then piled heavy stones on top of that. They slowly increased the weight, but instead of confessing to be a witch as they wanted him to, he asked them to put more stones on top. The stones and weight were slowly increased over time. His eyes and tongue were said to be bulging out, but still he asked for more. The legend is that with one of his dying breaths, he cursed the sheriff and the town of Salem. Now, I've always been of the mind that most people know that the people that were put on trial for witchcraft in Salem and then hung were not really witches. It was a hysteria created by people that were very bored in their mundane lives and who also were consumed by religion, which combined together made this combustible snowball of murder of innocent lives. Because of this, I believe Salem would indeed be a spooky place to visit, but because so many died under such horribly misguided circumstances, and that would certainly leave an impression. However, some people really believe that most, if not all, of the people killed were witches. They don't believe they should have been killed, just that they were witches of their time and were misunderstood. Whether Giles was a real witch or not, I do believe his curse could have had some influence. Here is what happened after Giles cursed the sheriff and the town. Four years after Corey was killed, Sheriff Corwin died. It was a heart attack, but he was just 30 years old. All the sheriffs after that had heart problems. In 1978, Sheriff Robert Cahill had a heart attack and stroke that did not kill him, but forced him to retire. Cahill had taken over the post when his father, who was sheriff, had a heart attack, and died while in office. 
He went back through the records and found that all others as far back as he could trace had similar conditions or death. This had continued until 1991 when the sheriff's office moved from Salem to Middleton. It stopped then and no others were diagnosed with any heart attacks or blood ailments. The Great Salem Fire of 1914 also has been brought up as part of this curse. It was reported that Giles Corey's ghost was seen in the cemetery not long before the fire. The actual place the fire started was near the area of Gallows Hill and Proctor's Ledge where Corey's wife Martha and many more were hanged for witchcraft. The Great Salem Fire burned down more than 1,300 buildings. Over 18,000 people were either homeless or jobless or both after that. It was among the last of the great industrial fires of the 19th century. This next one is a ghost story with a real mystery to solve. The Roadhouse is a haunted restaurant that you can find in Oregon, Illinois. Kitchen objects fall with no explanation. Sometimes objects even fly across the room. And full-body apparitions have been seen. The current owners purchased it in 1993 and were told that it was haunted. They took that with a grain of salt and went on renovating the place. During renovations, a woman was seen to walk through the construction site twice. A worker once followed her out, but she was gone, seemingly disappearing. Also, the jukebox started playing by itself after midnight. One song in particular seemed to be played over and over. Several employees refused to work the late shift. The ghost, or one of the ghosts, is said to be Mary Jane Reed. The last place she was seen before she was murdered was at the roadhouse. Mary Jane Reed and Stanley Skridla went on their first date, June 24, 1948. Mary Jane worked as a switchboard operator, and Stanley was a lineman who had been in the Navy during World War II. They met while they were talking on the phone when Stanley would call to check that the lines were working properly. The last place that they were seen on that evening was at the Stenhouse, which had a dance floor and is now called the Roadhouse. They were said to have driven out to a lover's lane after that. The next morning, Stanley Skridla was found murdered. His body was found laying face down in a ditch. He had been shot multiple times. His car was found one mile north of lover's lane. There was no sign of Mary Jane. Mary Jane's body was found four days later. She had been shot in the back of the head. The main suspicion fell on a married former boyfriend of Mary Jane's who was a sheriff at that time. Not only was he married, but he was much older than she. It was said that he didn't accept Mary Jane breaking up with him and that her showing up with Stanley pushed him over the edge. No hard evidence to support this ever came up that anyone knows. He had a reputation for being a womanizer, but he didn't like to be the one who was dropped. He wouldn't leave his wife, but he didn't want Mary Jane to see anyone else. There were other suspects and other rumors, but nothing came of any of them. The investigation went cold. Warren Reed, who had been just five when his sister was murdered, pushed to have her body exhumed in 2005. He was hopeful the new technology and advances in DNA could help. They discovered that Mary Jane had not been buried in the dress her mother had requested. Instead, the dress had been balled up in newspaper and just shoved in there. Mary Jane had been left inside the body bag in the coffin. Also, the head was not attached to the body. They weren't sure what that meant at the time of exhumation, but later, after testing, found that it was not Mary Jane's skull. The skull did not match the body. 
So if ever a ghost had a reason to haunt, it would be this one. Her head was missing, and a strange one had been buried with her. She seemed to have been treated with little to no respect in her burial, and her murder was unsolved. There had been rumors for over 50 years that Mary Jane's head had not been buried with her, but no one really believed it. Stanley's body was exhumed in 2015 in hopes that it could shed some light. They were able to test bullets found in his casket against guns that they had, that they thought were potentially involved, but nothing concrete came of it. The investigation had been too muddied from the very beginning, it was said. Unfortunately, the case went cold again. This case was featured on an episode of Dead Files on the Travel Channel. The owner of the roadhouse was interviewed and said that any time he wasn't working on the case, doing something for it, the paranormal activity in the building would spike. The psychic from this show said that she felt that Mary Jane was trying to convey to her that it was two males that killed her. She also felt that the sheriff was responsible, but possibly the two guys were the ones that followed Mary Jane and Stanley to the lover's lane and then killed them under the sheriff's direction. She ultimately felt he was the mastermind. Thanks for listening to this short and sweet Halloween treat. The scariest thing I have to tell you tonight is it's still the year 2020. Yep, we still have two more months of it. And this Halloween is not only a full moon, but a blue moon. Now, I'm not sure that by itself that would be too much to worry about, but when you add the mix of it being 2020, well, hopefully not. If you are listening to this after Halloween, then I'm glad to find that you are safe. If it's before Halloween, just be extra careful. Next month, this podcast returns to its original schedule with new episodes on the 15th and the 30th. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks again for listening. You are the absolute best. As always, be safe. The sources that I used for today's episode, uh, first one is historyofmassachusetts.org slash the curse of Giles Corey, uh, author is Beatrice Brooks, historyofmass.org, onlyinyourstate.com slash Illinois slash haunted restaurant by Elizabeth Crozier, abcchicago.com associated press, and Dead Files on Travel Channel. The episode is called The Obsession. So the episode is The Obsession. Show is Dead Files on the Travel Channel.